This episode is brought to you by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. Bomba's vision is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas has designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. The Webb family over here has used them, and we love them. They're comfy, fun-looking, and come in family packs, which is awesome. I've never seen that before. I use my Bombas socks when I go on runs, and they're extremely comfortable. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. And the Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and perfect waist so they hang just right. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash purple rocket and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash purple rocket for 20% off. Bombas.com slash purple rocket. Parents, school's out, summer's here, and the kids are back at home with a lot of free time. Go wild with wonder this summer without school. Enroll in a fun, flexible learning experience with over 140,000 online classes and camps for every kid with any interest. Look, as a fellow parent, I get the pressure of finding something engaging and useful for our kids to do over the summer break. OutSchool can help keep them engaged and their minds stimulated and their imaginations firing. They offer every kind of class you can imagine, from entrepreneurship to freestyle dancing to art, even magic lessons. There's something for kids of all ages, grades, and interests. We homeschool in the web house, and we plan to get Aurora and Cohen signed up with some out-school activities to keep them engaged in a fun way and help them explore their talents and maybe discover some new ones. Out-school will have your kids loving to learn and having fun doing it. Head over to outschool.com slash purple rocket and use code purple rocket to learn all about out-school summer programs and save $15 on your child's first class. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash Purple Rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. OutSchool.com slash Purple Rocket, code Purple Rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Life. Episode 24, Pet Beans. It was springtime in the mountaintop village of Dugelheim, everyone's favorite time of year. Winters were far too cold and windy. Summers were hot and dry and felt as though you were almost touching the sun. Fall was pleasant but short, and spring was in every way perfect. Dugelheim was, in many ways, a magical place. 
Above the village, a mountain peak rose up out of the clouds like an island on a sea of white. Wildflowers bloomed in bright-colored patches around the tippy top of the mountain, giving it a crown of colors. Children, sitting on benches that overlooked the valley below, chomped on dougalberries the size of their heads, enjoying the sweet, tart fruit that only grew this time of year. Farmers herded their sheep down a cobblestone street that wound its way around the peak. The street meandered past small stone homes and down to a waterfall that fell from Schnaw's rock, a rocky outcrop in the shape of a giant nose that jutted out over the town park. There the sheep happily drank and received playful pats from passing children. Round stone homes with pointy grass roofs glowed with wildflowers under the warm sun. The Niederhof's roof was striped with red and yellow flowers this year, and the Kirkelbangers had thick red roses covering their thatched roof. And the cottage of Farmer Smirkledoof at the bottom of the road was completely covered in lovely blue lavender. He did this on purpose, of course, to attract bees to pollinate his garden that wound down the hill to his farm in steep green patches. Everything on Mr. Smirkledoof's farm had a purpose, and everything on his farm was happy. The farm was a Dugelheim treasure. It had been one of the first settlements on the mountaintop, and brought the first Dugelheimers up the mountain to work. Mr. Smirkledoof was the great-great-great-great-great-grandson of the original owner, and like those who came before him, he took great care of his land and animals. He was tall, skinny, and bald, with a gray beard down to his knees, and always wearing overalls that were splattered in colorful paint. He was a private but friendly man who always used his farm to help the townspeople in times of need. His farm was as wonderfully strange as he was. Long-haired red ponies grazed in the fields, laughing chickens giggled in their pens, and cutie cows the size of cats mooed at furry pigs that splashed them with mud. Everything on Smirkledoof's farm was extraordinary, which is exactly why Walter wanted to work there. Walter was a quiet, pleasant, red-haired boy who loved animals. He loved caring for them, feeding them, and even cleaning them. Just being around them made him feel happy and safe. Smirkledoof had given Walter a job when he was young, and his responsibilities had grown with every passing year. At first, all he was allowed to do was walk the giant sheep up the streets to the waterfall, but by his third year, he was milking the cutie cows, shooing the red ponies, and tickling eggs out of the laughing chickens. He was a hard worker, and the animals loved him. Farmer Smirkledoof felt a close kinship to him as well. He always sent Walter home with extra eggs and vegetables to feed his family. But one day, he sent him home with something extra. A fuzzy pink chick. Take good care of her, Walter, Smirkledoof said, bending down to stroke the peeping chick's head. She'll be laughing within the year, and pretty soon you'll have more rainbow eggs than you know what to do with. 
Grinning from ear to ear, Walter nodded and cradled the baby chick. Thank you. I'll make her the happiest chicken on the mountain. I promise. Walter ran home that evening, holding his tiny chick close to protect her from the evening breeze. He'd always wanted a pet, a huge Great Dane dog to be exact, but any pet would do, even one as tiny as this. Holding the adorable chirping chick, and with a big grin on his face, he ran up to his house. The day had been perfect. Beautiful weather, fun work, and now a new pet. But when Walter stepped into the house, his joy quickly melted away as he heard his mother's voice. What is that? his mother asked. She was making a giant wreath out of wildflowers to hang on the door, but dropped it when she saw him walk in. Walter hesitated. It is only a small chick, he said, holding it out so she could see it. It won't take up much space, mother. His mother raised an eyebrow. Won't take up much space? Walt, you know our rule against having pets. No pets allowed. That chicky is small now, yes, but pretty soon it'll be big and running through this house, laughing its feathery head off, dropping eggs in heaven knows what all over my clean floors. Just then, Walter's father walked through the back door, taking off his dirty gloves and setting them on the counter. He immediately noticed the chick in Walter's hands and looked at it with surprise. What's this? he said. Where are you going with that? Not here, I presume? Walter lowered his head. The baby chick was tilting its fuzzy pink head and looking up at him with its cute black eyes. It let out a sweet little peep that made Walter's heart sink. Farmer Smirkledoof gave her to me, but I'll just take her out and find someone who wants her. Farmer Smirkledoof? His dad looked at his wife questioningly. Doesn't normally give us animals, and now this? <sighs> he sighed. He's giving so much to this family. Maybe we should make an exception. No, William, Walter's mother said. No pets allowed. She looked at her moping son. Go, Walter. Find it a new home. Someplace far away from here, huh? Shuffling his feet, Walter walked outside and looked over the flower-covered homes, trying to decide who to give his baby chick to. But it was late. The sun was dropping below the clouds, and he knew it was too late to go knocking on doors at this hour. It was supper time. So he grabbed a little vegetable box out of the garden, put the little chick in it, and tucked it away in the shed. I'll find you a new home tomorrow, he whispered as he shut the shed door. Tomorrow came, and with it another beautiful sunny day. Children ran around the town park after their chores, splashing in the waterfall and enjoying dougalberry punch in the tall grass. Everyone was happy, everyone except for Walter. He sat by the pond and skipped pebbles across the water, thinking about what he was going to do with his very first pet, the gift Farmer Smirkledoof had given him. 
What would he tell him when he asked how the chick was doing? Maybe he could hold on to it just a little bit longer. His parents rarely went into that old shed, and as long as it was gone before it started to laugh, they'd never know. Plus, they'd get to enjoy the scrumptious sweet rainbow eggs that he'd start laying within the next month or two. As his plans formulated, he heard a commotion on the other side of the pond. He's done it! He's done it! shouted a boy running onto the park. He was waving something high in the air as he ran. Curious children jumped to their feet and ran over to him to see what all the fuss was about. Skipping his last rock, Walter slowly got up to join them. What is it, Hugo? asked one of the girls. Hugo caught his breath and held out a little box to the kids huddled around him. He's done it! The great Dr. Joy Bloom has figured it out! On with it, Hugo, said a boy impatiently. What has he figured out? Hugo opened a little box to reveal what looked like colorful jelly beans. Pet beans, he announced. Everyone gave him a questioning look. They're beans that turn into pets, Hugo clarified. Seeing that they weren't getting it, he took out a light green bean with dark green spots and tossed it into the water. Just drop them in water and poof, you have a pet! To everyone's amazement, the little bean started bubbling in the water, expanding and taking form like a balloon animal. Pretty soon, the bubbling water calmed, and where the bean once floated, there paddled a happy green turtle. Walter's eyes grew as big as saucers. Impossible, said one of the girls. What is this magic? cried one of the boys. I don't know, Hugo admitted, but they're real animals. That Dr. Joy Bloom is an absolute genius. All at once, everyone asked him where he'd bought the beans, and pretty soon, half the park was running over to Dr. Joy Bloom's Market of Curious Things shop. Walter hung back and observed the turtle who was now chomping blissfully on a patch of grass. The shell was hard and real. Its skin was rough and leathery. It was real. He noticed a girl sitting alone on a bench nearby. She looked sad sitting there, obviously not affected by the recent revelation that had taken the park by storm. Her name was Adelaide, or Addie as the kids called her in class, and Walter had never seen her look like this before. The short, curly-haired girl was normally very lively on the playground, but something was obviously troubling her. Walter almost went up to ask her if she was okay, but instead turned his focus to the mob of children swarming Dr. Joy Bloom's shop. If he didn't go now, there'd be no pet beans left. Maybe he'd be able to get one that turned into a Great Dane. Ugh, but he knew his parents wouldn't approve. They wouldn't let him keep a tiny baby chick, let alone a box of random pet bean animals. He sat up. What if the new animals were useful? Or what if they were all tamed and could help out around the house? Maybe then they wouldn't mind. Not willing to give up the opportunity to have the dog of his dreams and countless other pets, 
Walter ran home as fast as he could, grabbed all the money he'd earned from the farm, then ran back and bought himself a box of pet beans from the young woman working the counter. By the time he got there, it was the last box on the shelf, and he barely had enough money to buy it. He took the small brown box behind the shop to a little creek that weaved through the wildflowers. It was quiet back there, so no one would disturb him while he welcomed his new pets into the world. Carefully, he opened the tiny box and pulled out the first bean. It was brown with little dark swirls. It didn't look very special. <laughs> he sniffed it. It didn't smell special. A little fruity, perhaps. He clenched it in his fist and closed his eyes. Please be a great Dane, he whispered to himself. And then he tossed it into the creek. The little bean vanished among the rocks, and for a second, nothing happened. Walter squatted down by the water and looked desperately for the little bean. He shook his head. Hugo was just playing a trick on us, he thought. Or, he rubbed his chin. Maybe he had to throw it into water that wasn't moving. Before he could reach for another bean, the water next to him bubbled, and something brown grew under the surface. Walter jumped back to give it space. The water splashed, and a wet brown beaver suddenly rolled onto the grass in front of him. Whoa! Walter said, bending down to pet the animal. Hey, sir, little guy. The beaver stared up at him and showed its buck teeth. Walter shook his head and laughed. You are real! I'm going to name you Chompers. Chompers joyfully flapped his flat tail against the ground. Walter held up his box of pet beans and marveled at it as if it were a million-dollar bill. Unable to contain his excitement, he dumped the entire box into the creek. The water sizzled and bubbled as shapes started to take form. Minutes later, Walter was riding through town atop a polka-dotted elephant. A yellow python wrapped around his right arm and a baby orangutan dangled from his left. A half-eagle, half-owl circled above him and purple alligators crawled alongside the elephant like royal guards. All sorts of colorful critters followed Walter through town and he had never felt so happy in his life. Part of him still wished he would have gotten a Great Dane. But look at this! How could he complain when he had a blue bear that was hopping around like a kangaroo? He even had a tiny pink bunny that fit in the palm of his hand and sneezed out chocolate eggs. Walter looked around in amazement at all the other pet bean animals that came parading out into the streets with their new owners. Kids raced around on giant hamsters and played fetched with puppy-like spiders that were as big as wagons. In the park, kids were trading pet beans like baseball cards, some claiming to know what their pet beans would become before being dropped into water. But the truth was, nobody knew. Each toss of a pet bean brought an incredible surprise. What'd you get, Mila? Walter asked the girl standing by his elephant. Rats, she shouted. What's wrong? Nothing. That's what I got. A bunch of colorful rats. 
She nodded irritably at the dozens of rainbow-colored rodents scurrying around her. Here, have a hippocorn! Before Mila could ask what in the world that was, a tiny baby hippo with a unicorn horn was tossed down to her. Thanks, she said, cradling it in her arms. Walter whistled for his boisterous army of animals to continue down the road so he could get them home to feed them. He'd learned a lot about animals on Mr. Smirkledoof's farm, and he was confident he'd be able to take good care of all of his new pets, no matter how strange and exotic they may be. As he passed the park, he saw little Adelaide still sitting sadly on the bench and almost considered stopping to go see if she was okay. But his flying lion was getting restless, so he shook off the thought and continued down the road to his house. Things didn't get easier at home. Instead of just trying to hide a single chick in the shed, he was now trying to conceal a small zoo around the property. He tied the elephant to a tree in the small grove beside the house, and the python was tucked away in the attic. The monkeys were put up there too, but they soon made such a ruckus that he had to move them out to the shed. Animals were hidden in just about every nook and cranny Walter could think of, and at first it seemed to work. His parents didn't seem to notice anything out of the ordinary. To be fair, they were too distracted by all the other pet bean animals that were stomping down the streets and causing chaos. What is going on in this town? His mother said, staring out her kitchen window at a peacock the size of an ostrich that was strutting across the neighbor's yard. This is madness, Walter's dad agreed. Where did they come from? Walter quietly sipped his soup and prayed they wouldn't notice the yellow python that was now coiled in the dining room chandelier. After supper, Walter grabbed some food from the cupboard and ran out to the various hiding spots to feed his secret pets. But he quickly realized that the leftovers wouldn't be enough. His elephant trumpeted and stomped, demanding more food. The monkeys were doing backflips and whooping wildly. His flying lion roared atop their cottage's flower-covered roof. Before nightfall, the whole house was surrounded by a symphony of animal calls. Walter's parents lost their minds as they started to uncover all of his pets. Get rid of them now, his mom ordered, trying to swat away the monkeys who were sitting on her shoulders and playing her head like a drum using spoons. One of them had stopped drumming to pick through her hair for tasty treats. Now, Walter, she repeated. Walter gathered his animals and dragged his feet down the road towards Mr. Smirkledoof's farm. As he walked, slumped over and depressed, he noticed that all the other kids' pets were causing problems too. Henry's parents were yelling for him to get his chatty penguins out of their garden. Sasha's grandma was getting after her for trying to squeeze a two-headed giraffe through the front door. And Annabelle's parents shrieked as toads came pouring down the chimney. At least I'm not alone, Walter thought, watching the reactions of disappointed children and shocked parents as he walked through the village. Up the road, he saw a small mob of parents knocking angrily on the closed door of Dr. Joybloom's shop. Well, it was fun while it lasted, he sighed, stroking his zebra bear. 
he noticed Adelaide sitting on her front porch, still looking as glum as ever. He walked over to her. Addy, are you okay? he asked. Adelaide sniffled and stared down at the ground. I'm okay, she lied. Walter could tell that things were very much not okay, but she obviously wasn't in the mood to talk about it, so he didn't press the matter. Instead, he reached into his pocket and pulled out his little pink chick, the prized gift from Mr. Smirkledoof and Walter's very first pet. He took Addie by the hand and placed the fuzzy little chick in her palm. The adorable chick chirped up at her and Addie giggled, wiping a tear from her eye. The little chick mimicked her giggle and Addie laughed. She's so cute, she murmured, snuggling the chick against her cheek. She glanced up at Walter. Thank you, she said. I needed this. You're welcome, Walter said. He hesitated and then added, You know, if you're looking for something to do this week, I could ask Smuckledoof if he needs more help on the farm. Addie smiled. I'd like that. Walter smiled back at her. Good. I'll talk to him and let you know. Good night. Good night. Walter turned and continued down the road, leaving Addie and the chick giggling on the porch. Walter reached the Smirkledoo farm and knocked on the door. The door opened just a crack, and Mr. Smirkledoo peeked out. Oh, it's just you, he said, seeing Walter standing on his doorstep. What can I do for you, Walt? With his head hanging low, Walter pointed to the horde of critters behind him. I got too many pets and my parents won't let me keep them. But I want them to have a good home. Can I keep them here? I will take care of them while I work. Mr. Smirkledoof opened his door wide and gave him a sympathetic look. You are a good boy, Walter. I am very proud of you. I know how much you wanted pets. Yeah, well, it wasn't meant to be, Walter said sadly. You can keep them here, the farmer said. Put them out in the pasture for now. We'll talk about what to do with them tomorrow. Thanks, Walter said quietly, and with that he took his animals into the pasture. He watched them run freely over the tall grass that glowed under the orange setting sun. They'll be happy here, Walter told himself, and that's what's important. Walt, he heard the farmer call. Walter turned and saw Mr. Smirkledoof walking up to him. You did something very hard today. You gave up something you loved, and from what I heard you made someone very happy. And you were very generous coming here to give me these animals when you knew you had too much. I just found them to be happy, and I know they will make you happy as well. Mr. Smirkledoof smiled and pulled something out of the chest pocket in his paint-splattered overalls. I want you to have this he said, handing Walter a small gray bean. Walter looked at it and shook his head. Thank you, but I can't remember. My parents won't let me have any more pets. You can keep this one here, trust me. He nodded to the nearby pond, where the polka-dotted elephant was drinking next to the long-haired pony. 
Walter shook his head, took the bean, and threw it into the water. Seconds later, the water splashed, and a big gray Great Dane came running out of the pond. A dog! Walter shouted with joy. A Great Dane for a great boy, the farmer said. He turned and headed back up to the barn while Walter celebrated his new farm pet. The two rolled around and played fetch with a stick. The huge, playful dog was everything Walter had ever wanted. He looked up at the farmer who was heading into the barn. He hadn't had a chance to thank him. With the dog by his side, he ran up to the barn after him. Mr. Smirkledoof! Mr. Smirkledoof! Thank you for the dog! He grabbed the barn door and slid it open. How did you know it would be a... He froze as the door opened to reveal a barn full of brass machines, bubbling, hissing, and chugging. It was a miniature factory. Bulbous tanks steamed and stirred, and shiny tubes spat colorful liquids through the air into giant bowls, while conveyor belts rolled out hundreds of colorful beans. Pet beans. You are Dr. Joybloom? Walter said, staring at the factory in awe. You can't tell anyone, Walt. Promise me, the farmer said. He's just something I like to do on the side. But if everyone finds out it was me who made the beans, they'll run me off the mountain. Don't worry, I plan to offer to take all the animals tomorrow. Hopefully my next invention won't be so disruptive. Walter looked at his farmer friend, starry-eyed. Will you let me help you test your next invention? Mr. Smirkledoof, or Dr. Joybloom, smiled. I think that is a wonderful idea. Rocketeers, how cool would it be to have pet beans? Oh, that'd be so cool. What kind of pet bean would you like to find? I think I'd like to find a giant eagle that I could hop on the back of and fly around on. What if you accidentally ate one? They probably wouldn't taste so good. Rocketeers, there are a number of interesting lessons we can take from this story. And the first one I want to call attention to is sharing with others, giving to those in need, especially when we have more than we need. Walter had way more than he needed, and he not only gave that little hippocorn, that half-hippo, half-unicorn to that one girl with the rodents, but he also gave his prized pet, his little pink baby chick, to Addie. And he didn't know what was wrong with her. And a lot of times we don't know what's wrong with the people around us when they're really sad. Sometimes they'll tell us, sometimes they're not comfortable telling us. We should try to reach out to those people. You'd be amazed at what a small act of kindness can do to someone. It's really powerful. I want you to think about the people around you and try to think of something kind you could do for them. Is there something you can share? Or maybe there's a toy you could give away to someone less fortunate. I know I need to get better at this, 
because I have more than I need. So I need to get better at reaching out and helping my neighbors. What are some other good things Walter did? Walter shared. He was a hard worker. He finally listened to his parents. But were there some things that Walter could have done better? What are some things that Walter probably shouldn't have done? Should we keep secrets from our parents? It's important, Rocketeers, to be honest. Hiding stuff like treats or bringing things into your house that your parents told you not to and keeping it secret, that's not being honest. We need to be honest with our parents. And that means not trying to be sneaky with the rules. This is something that we're working on in our house. I have to admit, there have been times where I found a treat hidden under someone's bed in my house. You know who I'm talking to. That's right. Be honest, Rocketeers. Having integrity is all about doing the right thing when nobody's looking. So be kind, be honest, and be generous. You can do it, Rocketeers. I believe in you. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for spreading the word. I love getting your emails and your feedback. Keep it coming. And as always, I want to thank my mom, Roxanne Webb, for editing this story and all my other stories to make them a lot better. And thank you, Rocketeers, for coming back. Till next time, this is your host, Greg Webb.